All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve. With me always is Taz. Welcome back. Yes, sir. Week seven. Mm. Man. I, I, I tell you what, since week zero, no disappointments. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. College football has been hitting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. And I, this is the first time where, like I said earlier, that we don't have we don't have many non-conference games we don't have many cupcake games. I mean, no. they'll they'll be sprinkled in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, game through game throughout the season or right. whatever, because you know, bye weeks and mm, homecomings stuff and all like that. that. Stuff. Yeah, homecomings yeah. and all that. But this was the first real shake up Saturday, and did it disappoint Taz? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. There's some teams right now just just vying for position to get to the playoffs and bowl games. So, oh yeah, and definitely. I mean, this was the first the first week that we had six ranked versus ranked games. So we had like real this this big boy football here. That's it. That's it. And the people talking, you know, because previously we always talked about preview who's going to be in the playoffs, blase blase. But this this expansion of the um, college football playoffs might be interesting. Oh, it'll be real interesting <laughs> in the future. Just this weekend, Taz. Just yeah. this weekend. We had six undefeated teams lose. Mm. Hey, like I said, you you seeing you separating the, the Joes from the pros right now. Yeah, and this is a crazy part too. And right. for the team, if your team was undefeated and they lost this weekend, do not get discouraged. No, no, please do not, because twenty of the thirty-two teams that made it to the college football playoff had a loss. Right. I mean, going. First off, let's say this before, because <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot of fans out there that's going to say, my team should have won every game. We should have won every game. Right. Yes, maybe you should have. Right. Winning one game in college football is difficult. It's difficult. And, it, you know, and then you just go reset and uh, just try to, you know, get back in position. Because uh, there's teams dealing with injuries. Yeah. You know, I mean, that happens. Losses. I mean, just to win one game is difficult. Right. Let alone 12 in a row. Right. <laughs> or 13, uh, I should yeah, say. 13 right. in your conference championship game. Right. I mean, just just this one weekend in Shake Up Saturday mm-hmm. where we had six ranked versus ranked games, and we knew some of these were going to happen. Some of these were surprises. You're right. Some of them was a one-loss team beat an undefeated team. Some of them was a team that probably shouldn't have won the game, ended up winning the game. Right. But we had six undefeated teams lose just this week. Alabama lost. Right. We'll touch on that. USC lost. Right. We'll touch on that one on the road. Now, both of these, Alabama at Tennessee, mm-hmm. tough environment, lost. Right. USC, tough environment on the road. Utah, mm-hmm. lost. Right. Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. tough environment on the road. TCU, lost. Penn State, mm-hmm. tough environment on the road on the big house, lost. Yep. James Madison, mm. hey, them guys right there made a hell of a run. Right, right. And they're, they're still running. <laughs> yeah, still oh, running. yeah, of course. I um, mean, that's our first ever Division One loss. Right. <laughs> it's a yeah, Division One team. That's the way to look at it. <laughs> There's a lot of teams that would take that. That's the way to look at it. Right. <laughs> Coastal Carolina right. undefeated loss. Mm. I mean, we cut our undefeated teams pretty much in half. Right, right. We did. So, I mean, look. And like I said, 20 of the last 32 teams that made the playoffs had a loss. And the crazy part is, two of those years, there were three undefeated teams. Right. 
So if you take those six out of the equation, I mean, it's more than likely that you're going to lose a game and make the playoff than it is that you're going to run the table and make the playoff. And this is good for college football. <laughs> oh, beautiful for college it's football. It's awesome right here. And it's going to get even better once they expand it. Yeah, it's going to get better. <laughs> and even when some of these new coaches get, you know, settled into their places. Oh, but yeah. There's a lot of shakeup as far as coaches and staffs also right now. So mm-hmm. once they start to get settled in a little more, even then it's going to get better. Oh, yeah. I mean, top to bottom, top to mm-hmm. bottom. So let's go ahead and talk about the big game that happened on Saturday. Taz, what you know about that? <laughs> Which one are you talking about? Colorado beat Cal. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> My Buffaloes beat Cal at home. Right, right. 20 to 13 in overtime. Well, you're getting closer to the Novell debate. Which Norvell is going to win more games? Well, no, that's a different. Now, there ain't a Norvell at Colorado. That's a Colorado State. Oh, Colorado State. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Bad. No, my no. Bad. But my Buffaloes. Right. The yeah. last team. The last team. Without a win? To get a win. Now, every Division One school this year will have a man. win. Man. Colorado, congratulations. Congratulations. Did man. you know they rushed the field? Well, I would. <laughs> well, I would. I mean, because you, you've seen this before. They're in the position where teams like Kansas were in that position. Yeah. And they would rush the field after the game. So, Yeah, so Colorado beat Cal in right. overtime, 20-13. to 13. I wish I could have seen it, but it was, once again, it was on the Pac-12 network. Right. And like I said, there's only about 12 people that can watch the Pac-12 right. network. So I wasn't able to watch that game. Right. But instead, I decided, you know what, I think I'll tune over to this 10 to see Alabama game man it, it did disappoint I mean because I didn't see it that way um but there was talk about possibly being a blowout one way or another I was mm-hmm. like nah I didn't see it being a blowout I, I thought I thought at least it would be a, a competitive game yeah um, either way so um, oh yeah 52 49 but it was competitive all the way through college game day showed up yeah my boy showed up Peyton yeah man and it's so funny. They were talking about him. They said, you know, hey, um, it seems like, man, every time you show up for a game, we end up losing the game. Right. And Peyton said, well, you know, maybe we didn't have a team that was capable of winning back then when I was showing <laughs> up. I would show up the games to show up, and <laughs> this ain't the team that the team that it was. <laughs> right, man. There were there was some, oh, man, there was some good football. I mean, there was some awesome plays being made in that game. Yeah. And, of course, it could have gone one way or the other. So. First win since 2006 against Alabama. Mm. 15 straight. Now, here goes another tidbit I bet a lot of people didn't know. Did you know this is the first loss that Nick Saban had against the SEC East since 2010? Mm. Do you know who that coach was? 2010. Steve Spurrier? Yeah, it's South Carolina, not even Florida. Right, they hit the football <laughs> South coach. South Carolina. Yeah, I want to say that's when Garcia was the quarterback. I think so. And it yeah, was. I, I and they had Lattimore as the running back. Correct. That that Lattimore, I I feel so bad for him. He, yeah, he was such a humble kid. I worked with that kid at the Army All American game in two thousand nine. And that kid was an amazing kid, and he he was set for great things. Oh, definitely. And it was that. The, the Tennessee game right. when his knee got rolled up mm-hmm. and you saw it flop around like right. a vegetable. And yep. it was, oh, man, I felt so bad for that kid. He was such a great kid. But, but yeah, that was the first first win since 2006. Mm-hmm. First SEC East school regular season. Regular season. Yeah, yeah, not, not yeah. 
SEC championship or playoff or right. whatever win that Nick Saban had, had since 2010 against Steve Spurrier. Mm. Now, <laughs> here's a little tidbit that everybody's been talking about, and I've been wanting to bring it up a lot because they dug a little bit, but we're going to dig a little deeper, Taz. Go ahead. That's the most points versus Alabama has allowed since 1907. 52 points, 52 points. Right. Right? They allow 54 points against Powerhouse, 8-1 Swanee, in 1907. Right. That game was played at the quad in Tuscaloosa, Mm. led by quarterback Walter Barrett and halfback Frank Ship. Now, everybody talks about it, and they say, oh, you're Swanee. Now, hold on. Give me a second. Ride with me, y'all. Shoot. Ride with me. Swanee that year in 1907 outscored their opponents 250 to 29. Mm. Competed for the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Association Championship. Who did they lose that game to, Taz? Vanderbilt. Yes. Vandy. The Commodores. (laughs) Now, they lost that game. On a double, we're going down the history course here. Just hang in with me, and we'll touch back on on what y'all wanted to listen to. Right. They lost that game on a double forward pass, seventeen to twelve. Right, which is illegal nowadays. Well, yeah, exactly. It's illegal right. nowadays, but right. it was legal back in nineteen oh seven. Legendary sports writer Grantland Rice wrote that was the greatest thrill he ever witnessed in sports in his fifty years of journalism. Now, some teams might not know Swanee. They might see the name and they say, what is this Swanee? Who, what is this school? I don't know. Okay. Now, hey, back in the early 1900s, way before any of our time, mm-hmm. they were a powerhouse. Right. They were a great school. They was an original member of the SEC in 1933 when the SEC started. Right. Now, granted, they got booted in 1940, but <laughs> they was a powerhouse Back then. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they lost the thing to, they lost the conference to Vanderbilt. But hey, that was a solid school. Here goes another tidbit for everybody. True. Alabama is the most points they ever gave since 1907. That's what, 115 years? Mm-hmm. Did y'all realize 74 times this year a team has scored 52 points or more? Just this year. Right. We're in week seven. Right. And this is the most points they've given up in 115 years. And there's been 74 times this year a team has scored 52-plus points. And Tennessee, they they gave them a ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the first, mm-hmm. Tennessee was up 21-7. In mm. the second, they was up 28-10 with 11-41 left. Right. At the half, Alabama cut it to 28-10. You're like, well, you know, hey. They're looking good. Maybe they'll 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 hang in there. You know, Tennessee, they they're making big plays. That wide receiver they had had an amazing game. They were tied 28-28 to start a third. Mm-hmm. Tennessee misses an extra point. Alabama goes down to score. Now Alabama has the lead to start the fourth. And I'm not gonna lie to y'all. At that point in time, I thought, okay, regular old Tennessee. Here We've we go seen this again. Before. Yeah. yeah. We've all seen this episode before. Because, like everybody says, leading up to this game, I thought, okay, I heard all this hype. 
They can score points. They can do this. They can do that. They can do this. They right. can do this, this, and that. Right. Right? Right. And then you watch the game against Alabama, and what's Alabama take away? Right. This, this, and that. Right. And then Alabama ends up dominating. They end up winning the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's that's really what I thought was going to end up happening in this game. I'm not going to lie to nobody. I'm not going to say, oh, I picked Tennessee, and I thought they had a great team, and they could beat them. No. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, especially when they tied, and then they took the lead to start the fourth right. because Tennessee mixed the extra point. Right. Then it's back and forth. It's 42-42, and then they fumble that ball. Yeah. And they go down 49-42. Right. I mean, this is typical Tennessee. Right. That's how we lose games. Right. Right? I mean, it was just, I didn't see that happening like I thought it would happen. I'm not going to lie to y'all. And then Tennessee made plays. A lot of people want to talk about what Alabama did wrong. Right. Let's let's give Tennessee their props and let's talk about what Tennessee did right. Shoot. I mean, 11, 11 plays, 75-yard touchdown to tie. Mm-hmm. Fourth and five, they're driving. And right. Mackenzie Kool-Aid, best name in college football. Right. Kool-Aid. Right. Makes the pick. Flag on the play. Yep. Pass interference, Malachi Moore. Correct. And the way that pass was, I like I've said before, I don't know how you play DB in college football. It's we, tough. we talked about that yeah. Saturday. It's tough because, I mean, even then, I mean, I know it's – Fast-paced game, maybe the the refs, you know, it's a lot faster for them. We're seeing on replay, but you know, as far as the rules, if you snap your head around, at least try to see the play and play the play. They normally don't throw that flag if your head snap around to an extent, you know, yeah. for the most part. But I mean, it just it's it's called different. Um, sometimes they let you be a little physical at times, but then sometimes you feel like it's a real ticky tacky. You know. See, and that's a, it's the inconsistency. Right. And we've seen in other games, and we're not going to get in depth on that, right. but we've seen in other games, too, like roughing the passer. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, what I'm all for player safety. Right. 100%. percent mm-hmm. But you, if this is just going to be seven on seven, then let it be seven on seven. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then just call it what it is. I mean, it's so... Because the game is so fast, it's bang, bang. Right. And you sometimes there's saying? clean hits that are violent, but it seems like it was illegal. It's yeah, they're really football illegal. plays. <laughs> I mean, they're just, football plays. And we'll like touch that. on that later on on right. the Texas-Iowa State game. Right. I mean, sometimes it's just bang, bang. Like mm-hmm. you say, I mean, mm-hmm. these kids are fast. They're strong. I mean, it's physical. Yeah, we were looking at it slow-mo saying, oh, he took two, three steps. He could have pulled up. Dude, this dude's coming full speed, <laughs> and we've seen we've seen a couple times where I mean, there's where you know guys may pull up. Quarterbacks pump fake, yeah, and then that's the thing too. If yeah. he pump fake, yeah. and you freeze, right? Then now you get burnt, right? I mean, it's it's so hard to play defense nowadays. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that pass interference against Malachi Moore that can be for argument's sake here, right. here or there. Right. I don't think it was a good play call mm-hmm. because it was right down the sideline on a fourth and five. And it, I mean, did he have to? Probably not. Right. But I don't think he would have made that catch mm-hmm. if he wouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? And then he runs it back. <laughs> but then they call the penalty next play. Hyatt, 13-yard touchdown catch. Right. Right. Now, now, first off, I will say this. 
because this kid Hyatt, I don't know how nobody knew who the hell he was. Six catches. Now, this is Randy Moss Thanksgiving yeah. stats. Right. Six catches, 207 yards, five touchdowns. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of things because they they have added to their receiving course. Uh, quarterbacks have another year experience in the system, which all that helps. But yeah, sometimes teams are uh, players are overlooked because Tennessee over the years, I kind of watched them. They actually start slow a lot of time, lose some early games, yeah. but they finish strong. Mm-hmm. So you're catching like near the end of the year, it's like okay, Tennessee, yeah, they finish strong. They should be coming back strong the following year, but then they'll sometimes start slow again. Yeah. And then tell off at the end, but this time they're pretty much sustained it from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and know, that themselves. and that play right there, right to that to that after that pass interference call on the pick, end up making it forty nine forty nine with three twenty six left. Right. So then you're like, okay, well Alabama got the Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young three twenty six left. They're gonna right. march down the field. They're gonna kick the field goal. They're gonna win the damn game, right? Right. right. Alabama marched down to the thirty two. Mm-hmm. Kicker missed a 50 yard field goal. 50 yard field goal. There and we are. talked about this before. How do these top tier teams not get the number one kicker in the country? Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, to them, uh, they, they could be, but dude, pressure, man. The pressure. No, Definitely, no. dude. I've been seeing it. Pressure, I mean, you see the NFL. These guys get paid millions to do it. Yeah, but pressure makes diamonds. I get you. But yeah, still, there's, because to me, I thought the angle was good. It it was close. I mean, it, I was, it was, was close. Good, but it, yeah. it got pulled. It got yeah, pulled, he pulled to the right. It to the right. Yeah, yeah, it got pulled to the right. And I'm thinking, okay, the way it was set up, you definitely knew you had to pull to the left a little bit because of the angle. Yeah. But sometimes it just tells. I mean, there's sometimes it, you know, you watch it and it's telling outward and it curves back in. So, you, you know. And it's hard to say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, because of the pressure. Yeah. And my argument's always been is, you got one job. Right. One job. I got you. That's it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you got to be perfect because nobody's perfect. I mm-hmm. mean, even that Justin Tucker for yeah, you missed, Baltimore, you know. who's like one of the greatest kickers of all time. Right. Or um, that kicker that used to kick for Vinatieri. Right. That kicked for New England right. and Indianapolis. Right. Yeah, you'll be off here or there. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. nobody but can check, be perfect. Not to break you, check this. This take the last... Not last week, but the previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. The Missouri kicker. Look at yeah. the situation he was in. And then the following week, he wasn't under that pressure. And look at him. Oh, yeah. He's he was booting him. Booting him. Big boy booting him. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. the situations. <laughs> you know, to, to me, I, of course, I think it's more it's mental. More mental for those guys. But oh, yeah. Especially for those kids. Yeah, especially it, for kickers. Yeah. Kickers are a head case. Yeah. And, how, and it depends how much pressure they're putting on themselves. It's like, do I just go out and kick it or, you know. But for argument's sake. That kicker for Alabama is nine for thirteen. Mm. There's no excuse for that. No, you're no. the number one. You're at right. let's let's just say quote unquote argument's sake yeah. the number one kicker for the number one school in the country, and you're nine of thirteen this year. Last year you went twenty two or twenty eight. Now, right. granted, your freshman year you went fourteen to fourteen. Right. So you had a good year. Right. But last year twenty two twenty eight. Mm, yeah, that's still seventy five percent though. Seventy eight percent. It depends if, if they're taking more risks farther out, like fifty. And now you're nine of fourteen. Oh, let's see. Hold on. From twenty, from he hasn't kicked a kick under twenty yards. From twenty, from twenty, mm-hmm. he's been 
14 to 14. Right. 20 to 29. Mm -hmm. From 30 to 39, he's been 16 to 19. Right. Mm. Okay. From 40 to 49, which is where most of your kicks are going to be, between 40 and 49, you are 15 of 15 to 22. Yeah, so the struggle is the long Mm. distance. But from 50, Mm -hmm. you are 4 to 7. Right. So really, you're only a good kicker from... Between that, well, 39 in. 39 in. 39 in. You subtract 17 from that, or 18 from that. So what is that? 20 yards. I got to get to the red zone for me to be able to count on you to make a kick? Hell no. Well, you got to consider, though. You're that, on the number one team in the country. But you got to consider even the previous years for what Alabama had, which is different now. Not, not an excuse or anything, but Alabama had receivers, dude. Well, yeah, they don't. That, have that's that going to get you in the red zone, regardless. Yeah. You don't have to be and forced they, to pick forty, fifty nine yeah. kicks. But yeah. as you know, there's a lot of schools like Janikowski. But dude, all they had to get is on the other side fifty. I mean, you have those generations. I mean, you, <laughs> you have kickers like that. <laughs> and even Justin Tucker yeah. with a bad with a bad Texas team. Right. If they got to the forty, he's cash, yeah. homie. There, yeah. But then now you nowadays you see a lot of kickers. Missing kicks that you think are chip shots. Dude. You see it. It's your only job. I, I get it. When everybody else during practice is out there banging heads and getting right. concussions, right. you're on a field all by yourself. Right. You, the snapper and the holder, mm-hmm. and the punter are hanging out, lollygagging, BSing, and it's your only job. I get it. You don't need nobody to help you. They got a little stand that will set the ball up for you. Right. You can get in so many I reps mean, on your damn own. I, I get that. But when the game's on the line, it's on you. I mean, a lot of those guys aren't just built for that. It's okay. It Probably the situation's probably different. But when you're talking about, like, for instance, that I use that kid again from – Missouri, when everything was on the line for him, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, of course, he's walking and pacing the sidelines. Of course, you go up. My whole thing is for a kicker. I'll say this. For kickers, holders, um, snappers, and even the coaches, it's to preach this. Dude, if they if they do try to ice you, snap the ball anyway. Oh, yeah, I would too. Oh, definitely. Snap it anyway. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What are they going to do? That's right. And nothing. Because it, yeah. it happens all the time. Yeah. Get your free kick. I would do that 100%. Get your kick and just and just see where you are. Oh, yeah. So that it. way I know. Do I need to, am right. I pulling it? Am I pushing it? How do I need right. to line it up? Snap it. 100% get agree I, with I you. I would do it. And, that, and that's what's happened in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, coaches at the last minute, time mm-hmm. out. Hi. I'm blowing a whistle. Oh, when yeah. You I'm see it, it. Snap it. Hell yeah. Get that kick. I don't give a damn if the ref try to reach for the you, ball. Now, the right. hell with you? Right. <laughs> you would get out of the way. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and most likely, I mean, the ref's not right there anyway. He's no. behind you or something. But yeah. snap it anyway. Yeah, I would too. No, yeah. 100%. I 100% agree with you. Right. So then once he misses that field goal, Tennessee gets the ball. They go mm-hmm. three plays, 45 yards, and 15 seconds mm-hmm. to line up for a 40-yard field goal. Right. Now, I will say this too. Mm-hmm. I thought he missed it. When he first kicked it, as ugly as that kick right, looked. Right, right. But now I... He drove it. He's 9 of 11. Right. 
He's seven and seven inside of forty. Mm-hmm. One and two from forty to forty nine. Mm-hmm. One and two over fifty. Right. This was a forty yard field goal. This was the first field goal or the second field goal he made over forty yards. Right, but look look how often he's kicking from forty and fifty. He ain't. Right, because the offense aren't putting him in that position. Exactly. They're getting farther in the red zone. Yeah. Alabama this year is not getting their guy that close to the red zone now. No. You but know. you you still got to make that kick. Yeah, you definitely got to make the kick. It's just that, you know, you're putting in more. Because more I think this, if he would have made that kick for Alabama to go up 52-49, mm-hmm. I don't think Tennessee would have had enough time to get down and make that field goal. And I think Alabama would have won. Right. Yeah, with the kickoff and all that stuff. But. I'll change it a bit. Tennessee made the plays. They made right. the plays they needed to make to win the game. Right. And that's the part, like, we talked about in the past, and I talked about during the Miami-North Carolina game. It pisses me off because everybody will talk about, oh, the miscues. Oh, where did they screw up? Why? They should have won that game. But now, granted, 17 penalties for 130 yards. You got to clean that mess up. Most def. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, you're still in the ball game. Yeah, you know, for the for the opposing team. <laughs> exactly, but I mean Tennessee made the plays down the stretch to win that game. Right, and I hate when when people take away from what the team who won did to no, say no. what the team who they think should have won messed up. Right, right. No, no. You know let them saying? let them enjoy this, man. They, Hell they, yeah, they, they win now. They 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 deserve that win. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, just go ahead and. <laughs> Whatever happened after that happened after that, but right now, nah, dude, them enjoy they that. tore the goalpost down right. and threw that thing in the river, <laughs> in the Tennessee River. Right, they threw right. the goalpost in the Tennessee River. That's a, that's a stepping stone for them. Yes, they don't mm. give a damn if they get fined for that. The nah. hell with it. Nah, nah let's man. go. Right, because those <laughs> kids. I mean, you gotta think about it. I mean, you're talking about generations. Yeah, 15 years. Yeah. These kids was like from between the age of three yeah. and seven. Yeah. The last time Tennessee won. Right. They weren't even thinking about Tennessee. <laughs> no. No. You know what I'm saying? No. So, yeah, let them enjoy it. They hadn't seen a, a, a good team in a long time. Exactly. And Tennessee has a really good team. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker, Heisman candidate, Black right. Horse. Right. This game, he went 21-30, mm-hmm. 385, five touchdowns in a pick. Yeah, I think he shoots up the board. Yeah. This this year. Right. 70% completion percentage, 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns, one pick. Now, he still has one big game looming in three weeks. Yeah, well, regular season because he'll regular get another season, big one. Well, I mean, they give out the Heisman before all yeah. the championship games. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. That one, um, yeah, he got one more big game. And see what he can do against that defense, it, which yeah. is you know, which is kind of ironic because this was normally Alabama's guy calling the defense that yeah. they'll be going up against. Well, the crazy part is too, and this is a question I got, and yeah. we won't dig too deep into it, but defensive backs, mm-hmm. you always heard that was Nick Saban's baby, right? And that secondary got burnt, yeah, over and over, crispy burnt, yeah. Yeah, I mean safeties weren't in position. Where they had, they played safeties out there. Yeah, they were behind them. <laughs> they're behind them. I mean that. Ooh, we. I mean that was that was a hell of a game. Yeah. So, I will so say to that. me, I think 
to some extent is kind of an advantage for Georgia seeing that. It's like now I play deep. Yeah, keep my dudes there. Yeah, keep them in front of you. Yeah. Make them make plays. Make them yeah. put together a 10-15 play drive. I mean, you can practice to an extent, but you still got to go up against this fast-paced offense. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. And this is so funny. They was talking about that on TV, and they make it sound like this offense is so damn new. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Not but it's the same offense, yeah. that, and you sent me a picture the other night. Right. About the coaching tree under Mike Leach and right. now Mummy and all that. This is the same offense the same. they run. Like, the same. oh, you got caught off guard. Well, no, that's because you finally played an offense. Right. You they know they, got, they have the players to run the offense. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. I mean, just like even the year that Georgia lost to Alabama in the mm-hmm. championship game, Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley put up damn near 50 on, right. on Georgia. Right. And that was the, this is the greatest defense since the, Wherever you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but no, you had a guy who can run an offense. Right. They they're not used to this type of offense in the SEC. That's right. what cracks me up. It's the same thing like when Cliff was at Texas A&M with Manziel and all that. The fast pace, high mm-hmm. going, let's go, let's put up points. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And it, it cracks me up about that. But hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. To each your own. Right. Josh Heibel, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing it's all doing. in front of you. Yep. It is. It's all up to you to, to run the table and make this uh, make this happen. Yep. All right, so another game we had this weekend that was pretty interesting, another top 10 matchup. We had Penn State at Michigan. <laughs> and that game in the first half, granted, it was close. A pick six, a right. long run by Clifford. Right. I mean, going into the half, I want to say Penn State was up 14-13. Right. But you... If you watched the game, you knew yeah. Michigan dominated that game. Right. And they end up winning 41-17. Now, here goes something. <laughs> Michigan ran for 418 yards against mm. a Penn State defense that only allowed 399 yards right. in the first five games. Why, Taz? We've talked <laughs> on it before. Explain there's, there's, to the people. There's a familiar foe. Who is that? Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. I oh, recall, he was going to be the guy to turn it around. Yeah, but I recall um, it's the same guy that was at Miami. Mm-hmm. And the defensive backs, um, well, was part, partially defense, were boasting about how they placed high as far as pass efficiency defense. Yeah. And they got a response from a fan of another school to mm-hmm. say, why throw it when we can just run it? <laughs> Wisconsin was averaging over 300 yards. Oh, yeah. Uh, a game rushing back-to-back years against Man Divet In the ball the game. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I'm like, I I don't – I get it how, you know, guys want familiar guys on their staffs and things of that nature, but mm-hmm. I would have to examine. This is just me personally. Bringing a guy in and his efficiency of his defenses – and what the shortcomings are also is, do I hire this guy to run my defense? I wouldn't. You know, because I've watched his defense over the years. I mean, he's been to several schools. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it all the schools. I mean, I mean, maybe a few. I mean, you can watch the Mississippi State. He was at Florida State at one point, of course. But you watch his, his defenses and how they play. Yeah. Especially run defenses. They give up a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. A lot of yards. Now, I did see on where. On the ground. On the on the ground, they will see where Franklin' response was. Hey, it's on us. Of course, the coaches takes the heat for it. Yeah, we have to recruit better. We need 
bigger guys <laughs> deep in the front. It's like, okay, but Franklin, I don't put it all on Manny because this is Manny's first year there. Mm. You've been in this league. You know what this league is about. Oh, yeah. They run the ball. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. They run the ball. Course. Yeah. You should, I mean, you should have been ahead of the game as far as how you recruit mm-hmm. and what you should have on staff. I mean, granted, give or take on your roster, guys move, but I would have similar guys on my roster because I know what this this league is about. They yep. run the ball. Yeah, they, they toss it. There's a few teams that toss it around yeah, a lot. handful, yeah. But mainly, it's going to be a ground game. Oh, yeah, you got to stop the run first in the Big Ten. Right. So you your do. thing should should have been having coaches that understand the, the league itself, the culture of the league itself, and recruits. I'm mm-hmm. recruiting that type of guy because that's what type of guy I'm going to need for this league. Oh, yeah. And you look at the, you look at Michigan's top two running backs. Mm-hmm. Donovan Edwards, 173 yards, two touchdowns, and he's the backup. Right. That Corbin, he had 166 and two touchdowns. Mm. That's 339 yards amongst your amongst your running backs. Here goes a stat: 236 yards of that was before anybody ever touched him. Before contact. Before contact. That. Is unexcusable. Uh, definitely. That 266 yards, if you can give that up in a game, you're like, man, we got ran on. Right. And that was before anybody even touched that's these on two the kids. Ground. That's not even the passing game. No. No. Respect that passing, but yeah. rushing? Yeah. Before they even got touched. Dude. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> you know, overhaul got to take place. Oh, yeah. Serious oh. overhaul. Dude, you know, right now, Ohio State is watching this game and licking their chops. Oh, everybody With those that two play running them. backs they got? Yeah. Oh, With Henderson and that other kid yeah. that they got? Yeah. Oh, they're licking their chops. They said, yeah. all right, CJ, look. Everybody who's has much. a decent size. Yeah. On the, on the, Illinois. On the Illinois. Of course. We run the ball. Mm. We're going to establish it. Yeah. I mean, anybody they got on their schedule that runs the ball is going to look at it and say, oh, I got this. Yeah, we can average at least a first down or more per carry. Yeah, of course. Each time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> run the ball. <laughs> yeah. Receivers, hey, hey, today we gonna we gonna need you, but we are gonna need you in the run game. Yeah, just take the day off. It's yeah. all right. Yeah, we'll get you a couple <laughs> passes here or there. Yeah, but if, if you plan, don't want to play, that's cool. Yeah, this game plan is gonna <laughs> consist of a lot of running. <laughs> Tight ends, get ready. Exactly. And let me run this by you because it's something we've talked about before, and mm-hmm. we I, we never understood how James Franklin got the extension at Penn State. All right. But so here's a little little tidbit for everybody. Since 2016, James Franklin is. Man, let me run through these and I'll get your opinion. No, you're good. Since 2016, James Franklin is 0 and 10 versus top 10 teams mm. in this division with Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State here up and down. Right, you're gonna play top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. They're three and six against Michigan. He's mm. one and seven against Ohio State. Mm. Overall, he's two and fourteen against top ten teams. He is the third, maybe fourth fiddle in the division. This is not even a conference. Not, not even a conference. This is the division. Right. If, if anybody needs for USC and UCLA to show up to reshuffle it, it's him. Yeah. Because he don't want to be with these cats. No. I mean, you're talking about four and thirteen against Michigan and Ohio State mm-hmm. since you came over. Yeah, and then who knows what's what's 
Nebraska's going to do. And granted, you hope they're going to bring a top tier staff in there. Yeah. To even challenge you even more. Because, I mean, now Bielema's kind of up that ante with uh, Illinois. So, yeah, over on the other side. But, I mean, still, you got Maryland. Right. Maryland's on the rise. Right. Indiana. Right. You never know. Right. You know, I mean, they do have some decent teams over there. But it comes back to, like I said, should Penn State's goal be let's get above Michigan State? Because we're not ready for Michigan and Ohio State. Well, I mean, yet. the goal should be to challenge the Michigan and Ohio State. That well, should be. It the should goal. be, but, but realistic. But you got to think, though. I mean, they're they're investing a lot into this guy. So oh, their, yeah. their, their expectations is the challenge. If I'm if, if I want to pay you like them, yeah. I want results like them. And that's the thing. How do you give somebody the paycheck right. when they're four and thirteen right now? And even before this year, they're four and twelve against those top two teams. Right. Because I think we can easily say Ohio State, Michigan is one two in that division. Right. And then it's Penn State, Michigan State, and then everybody yeah, else right. trying else. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how the hell do you give him that much kind of money? How do you give him that kind of money? But that, does a lot of this come up in the offseason? What? His name coming up for other jobs. Oh, the hell with it. I, I no, let no, him no. walk. I get it. But what I'm saying is. Bye-bye. Look at the influence of somebody saying, oh, well, this team's looking at him. His name's coming up for this job. Because I, I, mean, I think even the USC job at one point. Yeah, they tried to up. sprinkle that. But they know damn it. well he wasn't going to I go, get yeah. it. But as far as the administration, who probably don't dig that deep into yeah. stuff, say, hey, we need to keep this guy. He's right now. He's a hot commodity. I, get, I understand that. We 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 look at it different. <laughs> we see it different. Yeah. But from their standpoint. And I believe, like I said there. before, I believe an 8-9 win year is a good year. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I there's think certain schools yeah. that's not a good year. Yeah, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll be a guy to probably get up there. Every now and then he'll be the Michigan, Ohio State, have a good year. But I don't think consistently he'll, he's a guy no, that a no. program's going to be stable enough to. No, because in nine him. years, he's only beat Michigan three times. Mm-hmm. This is ninth year. He only beat Michigan three times. He's only beat Ohio State once. Yeah. And it don't look like he's going to win this year. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> now, granted, he was going against Urban Meyer and Jason Day. But when I pay you Urban Meyer, Jason Day money, yeah, I right. want Urban Meyer, Jason Day results. Yeah, but then there again, like I said, this program, this this is from their standpoint. What are your expectations of James Franklin? Really? Oh, their expectations are Joe Paterno expectations. Really? And, and if it's that, I don't I don't think you're gonna get it. Because I mean, just looking at his his post game talks and whatever, we need to do this, we need to do that. Well, that's something you should have known years. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the one thing is at least he wasn't like Brian Kelly and was like, "Hey, you screwed this up and he screwed that up." If <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because granted, I mean, they they had some they had some good teams and players. Because I mean, no, course, Penn State has had some great players and teams, right? And, and I think have. even they would maybe maybe loss of coaches, recruiting mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Because I mean, they had some some studs over there, like when they had Mika Parsons. Oh yeah, dudes, of course. You know that the great defenses. This is the thing: can he sustain that in the recruiting world? Is he going to hit every now and then? Or he's going to be consistently to be because you're going to have to recruit against these guys. It ain't just coaching against them. Oh yeah, I mean, let me run through this rest of the record for you. He's five and one right now, right? Mm-hmm. And see, and this is what the problem that lies within Penn State is: they get Minnesota next at home, mm-hmm. which just lost their quarterback, which that might be a blessing because that right. I don't 
quarterback sucks at Minnesota, but they can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. And then Minnesota running back with running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad Ivern. So, I mean, if he can if he can get his game up, they might mess around and lose that game next right. weekend. Then they get Ohio State at home. They'll lose that one. They can win at Indiana. Indiana ain't that great. Mm-hmm. Maryland, depending on if Tua plays, right. they, get, they get him at home. They can win that one. They go to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. That's a win. They get Michigan State at home, which is a complete debacle. Right. And now they're 10-2 at the end of the regular season. Everybody makes it sound like it's a great year. But that's right. a team right there that's going to finish third in the division right. and didn't even really compete. Right. Because they just lost 41-17 to to Michigan, the team that will finish above them. And if Ohio State beats the breaks off of them, mm-hmm. a 10-2 team, is that really a good 10-2 team that you're willing it's to not, pay $9 million no, it's, to? It's, it's a deception is what it is. Yeah. You know, they're not that good. It's just the teams that they're winning against aren't that good either. Yeah, the teams on their schedule are <laughs> garbage right now. Yeah, they're not that good. I mean, that's easily a 10-2 and Yeah, two and they, they've been year. playing some like out-of-conference games, but, of course, it's been against, like, Auburn, and you know that debacle. Exactly. And like I said, you finish 10-2, and two and you think, damn, that's a damn good year. Right. But then when you really dig into it, you're like, well, the two losses you lost to are in the same division. Mm-hmm. Not even like a non-conference yeah. and maybe one from the other side. Or not even close game. Maybe, yeah, and, and I don't think Ohio State at Penn State will be close. It's a noon game, mm-hmm. which really screws Penn State. I think they have better chance if it was at night, but yeah. it's a noon game, so I really don't think they're going to compete in that game. Yeah. I don't, and I'm like, it, I mean, yeah, you can go 10-2 but finish third. Yeah, not when your team right now. I mean, everybody's listening. When you're saying we need to get bigger and and sides and stronger in, in the middle, it's like other people are taking note of that. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to test it. Exactly. Let's see what you got. I mean, maybe Indiana can pull the game off. And they might, you, you know, know. Indiana might. Maryland. If yeah. Tua come, if Tua's little brother come back. Right. I know his name ain't Tua, but his little brother, if he comes back, maybe they can pull that one out. Yeah, but you never know who's behind them. Michigan State, last game of the year. Right. Maybe they finally figure it out. They won last week in overtime. You can't stop the run, buddy. You know? You're going to be tested. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. No. But I just ain't sold on Penn State this year. Nah. I ain't, or James Franklin as a whole. No. But So, another game that we had this weekend was Kansas at Oklahoma. Right. That was a well-anticipated game. You didn't know what to expect after uh, Oklahoma's loss. Previously. Yeah. But... Kansas needs Daniels back. They need Daniels back, but hey, Oklahoma got um, Gabriel back. Yeah, so which and that didn't help Kansas either. No, <laughs> I think the Gabriel versus Daniels would have been a better matchup. Mm-hmm. But hey, Daniels said he ain't out for the year. Well, that's not what um, Zach Boyd said. Yeah, he came out. He said he's done for the year. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, and he replied, he's like, oh, news to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So hopefully that Daniels will come back. That Bean, he played okay. He just couldn't. It's Started like, a little slow. Yeah, and like Kansas yeah. would get a stop, and then they would just end up punting the ball. They just, they just couldn't get that extra oomph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he finished 16-27, 265 yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. Yeah, but Kansas defense didn't give him any help either. No. Oh, hell no. You know, they hell made no. maybe a few stops early on and kind of let him get in his rhythm. Dude, Oklahoma went 16 for 21 on third down. Yeah, their defense didn't do many favors. They had 700 total yards, 403 passing, and 298 rushing. 
there wasn't nothing that that defense for Kansas helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you saw you saw in a couple games where they, you know, kind of pulled it off, and they were kind of suspect at times. Well, pretty much all the games because they've been in close games mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout the year. Yeah, but I mean, your defense, I mean, you gotta get you gotta get off the field. I mean, a few times a, a you know a game or whatever. Sixteen for twenty one on third down ain't gonna do it. it ain't, it's not. I mean, that right there, bam, and two turnovers. Got nope. it. That's it. That's you having an offense the way you have, you just need a few stops. Not many. Mm-hmm. Just a few stops. Yeah. You know. And it, I mean, it ended up being closer than expected, but they just, like I said, and then they finally would get the stop, and then they would go three and out. Right. They, I mean, they just couldn't get that ball yeah. rolling to yeah. get over but the hump. But he picked it up later second half. They got in the rhythm. Yeah. You know, actually made the ball game closer than what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah. But there's two teams. There's two teams I know that I've been watching this year. Mm. Is regardless of how far they fall, fall behind, it's like they're going to make it close at some point. Oh, yeah. And that's Kansas and TCU. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's so true. They're that's gonna, so they're true. Gonna fight. I understand how it looks right now. <laughs> yeah. But by the end of the game, mm-hmm. that team's going to have an opportunity to win. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Yeah, and we're going to touch on that TCU one here in a minute. All right. Then another game that we had was the Iowa State-Texas game. That was a really hard-fought game, too. Right. Right. Um, Considering you're thinking, you know, watching um, Iowa State the previous year. But I tell you what, they they, they have been playing good defense. Because I think Paul... That game against Kansas mm-hmm. was like well, 14-11 or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't miss like three or four field goals. They would have won that right. game. And yeah, they missed one near the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah, yeah, they've been playing solid defense, mm-hmm. which which I thought maybe Texas would probably pull away at some point, having years back, yeah. um, offensive rhythm. Yeah, they end up – They Iowa State was actually up 21-17 with about 11 minutes left in the game. Mm. And it – like you said, at Quinn Ayers, he – Goes 11 plays, 75 yards, took 6.15 off the clock. All right. And he did to take the lead. And then, man, Iowa State's driving, and Xavier Hutchinson, right. he had a great game. Right. Had about 10, 11 catches, catching everything. Fourth downs, all of it. About 2.35 left, right. busted coverage. Mm. Wide open. Right there. Right. Could have walked in the end zone. What's he do? Jumps. Why? Yeah. You can see it when you go back and you watch it. And like I said, the kid had a great game. Right. You know, and they always say the hardest catch is the one is to make when you're wide open. Right. It's so much easier to make a catch when you got someone hanging off your back trying to knock the ball loose. Right. Than when you're wide open because you get to think about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I got this. I'm yeah. about to win the game. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was wide open, and you could see him kind of hesitate and kind of size it up, and then he jumped. If he had just ran through the ball, yeah, and he'd have caught it and scored a touchdown, touchdown. and then who knew what would have happened the last two two and a half minutes? Right. I mean, that Quinn years he might have came went right back down the field, scored a touchdown, Texas win. Nobody right. thinks right. nothing about it, right. you know. Next three plays later, Texas caused a fumble. Quarterback tries to flush, gets flushed out the pocket. Now the next play or two, or the, the second play after that, he caught Hutchinson and caught a pass, mm-hmm. got the first down and everything. Then the next play, quarterback scrambles, comes up, was his knee down, eh, 
bang bang play. Right. Was it targeting? Uh kind of looked like shoulder to shoulder, helmet mm-hmm. to shoulder from the angle that we saw from the sideline. Right. Maybe if you had a different angle, I don't know. Could it have been targeting? Uh but I kind of like they let it play out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I I hate when these games get decided by because it was, like I said, it was bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Texas ended up recovering the fumble. Ran the ball a couple of times. Yeah. Won the game. Ball game. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot of times a small margin for error for some of these games, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like I said, they I've been kind of watching them defensive-wise last few games. And, you know, that defense is keeping them in games. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, yeah, but and to play a Texas team like that, that you know, the previous week was like clicking on all cylinders, mm-hmm. yeah, against Oklahoma, right? That's impressive, yeah. <laughs> and Iowa State always plays good defense, mm-hmm. they do, and they've just been, I don't know, I guess they've been snake bitten this, this year, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just seeing some of the post game interviews of the coaches, it's like a lot of them are somewhat surprised to whether you know. They're they're not executing the way they normally execute. And, and he has a new quarterback because you know he lost that quarterback and that running back that he had. Right, he did, and he's breaking them in. But yeah, like you said, I mean, they just they snake bitten. Mm-hmm. You know, zero and four in conference. I mean, look at some of these scores in conference. I mean, well, they beat Iowa or Baylor. Right, they lost by seven to Baylor. Right, they lost to Kansas. Mm-hmm. 1411. Right. They lost to Kansas State. Mm-hmm. 10 to 9. They lost to Texas. 24 right. 21. The defense is keeping them in games. Yeah. I mean, this is the same team that's at the bottom at 0 and 4 mm-hmm. in the Big 12 mm-hmm. that could be at the top at 4 and 0. Right. And be the Big 12 favorite. Just, or Big uh, 12 favorite. Right now, the, the lack of execution on offense right now. Yeah. I mean, damn. You're talking about 7 3. 10, 11, mm-hmm. 13 points, right. four conference losses by mm-hmm. 13 points. Man. Yeah, they can get that offense executing a little better. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's a problem in the state of Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's no offense in the state of Iowa. Yeah, I don't know what's Good defense, no state. offense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> So another game we had right here that was pretty interesting was Minnesota at Illinois. Mm. The fighting Brett Bielema's. Right, right. 26-14 Illinois. Yeah, he's finally got, got some guys in there. Finally, second year in the system, and he's doing what he's known for, running the ball. Yeah, and here's a stat for you. Uh, Illinois held the ball for 40 minutes. Man, how, how can your offense get in rhythm? Two-thirds of the game, Illinois had the when ball. When you're on the sideline, just sitting there. Yeah. That's 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 where you're putting their offense in a chokehold. And yeah. you're putting them to sleep. It's like, go night-night. Yeah. And you just body punching <laughs> the defense. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chase Brown? Yeah. New favorite player. Right. New favorite player, dude. I liked him. Saw a little bit about him. Watched a little bit of him in the spring game. I still can't wait till he bring that big back out, that freshman. Right. But... It'll, it'll take time and he'll come around. Definitely. But maybe in the bowl game. But Chase Brown, 41 carries, 180 yards. Mm. Three catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. But you're talking about a back in college 
that I can give the ball to 41 times. I mean, this cat got over a thousand yards. He got 1,059 yards, four touchdowns, and 192 <laughs> carries. Like a little halfway over the season. Yeah. Which is it right there uh, resembles what a beat, beat him a back. Right. He can yep. probably get 2,000 yards. Mm hmm. You know, if all goes well. Oh, yeah. Back to back, 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. He had 1,000 yards last year. He was at 1,005. This year, he's at 1,059. And he's a junior from London, Ontario. Mm hmm. Mm. He is. He's a junior, so Bieleman ain't find him. So that seemed like a Lovey Smith find, right? That but he found up there in the great up north. Yep. It, but it's a good development on the offensive lines. Oh yeah. I mean, and this is the thing too about Illinois. It's not like they just okay. They lean on the run like Bieleman does, right. dude. Their defense. Oh yeah. Oh, their defense is like top five in every category. Right. They are against Minnesota. They only gave up 180 yards mm. total. They got 38 yards passing. Man. But <laughs> y'all don't look too deep into that because we talked. If you remember back, if you go back to our Big Ten preview show, mm-hmm. this division has the worst quarterbacks in college oh, football. Hands down. Yeah. They do. Like Tanner Morgan, uh, I'm sorry he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the best thing that happened to Minnesota. Right. Because he got hurt in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and it ain't like he was putting up no stats. He was 4-12 for 21 yards in the pick. Man. Now, granted, the backup come in. He went 2-6 at 17 yards. Yeah. He had two interceptions, and they forced, you know, Illinois defense first forced three turnovers. But it's not like that Tanner Morgan was lighting it up. But there again, I mean, I, you know, getting in rhythm. When the opposing teams had to play for like forty minutes. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, let's. But I mean, but you can look at like and Tanner Morgan's stats. You know what I'm saying this year. Yeah. I mean, he was. Let's see, sixty-seven percent completion percentage, mm-hmm. twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns, five picks. I mean, he really ain't. No, no, he's not lighting it up. And then there again, how no. how the game plans being called? Or are they trying to be run heavy, um, establish that before passing, or are they putting him in position where you're getting behind and now he's got to pass? Dude, they only ran forty two plays. Right. I mean, you were on, you were on the sideline. <laughs> they had eighteen passes. They attempts. almost had more minutes than you had plays <laughs> and twenty four rushing attempts. Right. They gave up. They don't. Illi- or Minnesota went two and seven on third down, mm-hmm. and had three turnovers. But that's not just that's. I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying just to knock Minnesota by no means. Uh-huh. But these are just some stats if you dig into it that Illinois has done to every team they play. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's not like oh Minnesota is just a soft team that they're handling, and this is why they're doing it. No, 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 no. What I'm looking forward to is a November 12th matchup mm-hmm. is Purdue goes to Illinois. Now, but on the 29th mm-hmm. of October, Illinois goes to Nebraska. Mm. And Nebraska looked pretty good last week. We'll talk about that right. here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Illinois also has to go to Michigan November 19th. They might get lucky in that game because that can be a trap game for Michigan. Because the following weekend they play at Ohio State. Right. But we'll get into that whenever that comes around. Yep. So another game we had that was very 
high intense interesting game was Oklahoma State at TCU. Yeah, that 43 was 43 40 double overtime. Yeah, now this anytime you get the two teams like this right here, you know, because I often ask you also, what's the over under? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty high in this game, right? And you know, they're gonna lap the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, the over under in that one was 70 and a half. Yeah. so oh, yeah, it clearly covered it. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. But yeah, this I mentioned this earlier about the TCU team, really scrappy. You don't know what to expect. I mean, there's times that they got knocked down early on, and it's like, okay, this game might be over. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and Oklahoma has one of those offenses that can keep piling on. Oh yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gundy can pile it on, and mm-hmm. you know what it's all about. So anytime you get behind on a team like that, it's like, man, we got to do something to kind of break that momentum, and it's hard. But to break the momentum, mm-hmm. and once they were able to do that, now I think it definitely benefited them from being home. Yeah, being at home helped a lot. Yeah. I think. Yeah, with that crowd getting back into it, I yeah. think it helped a lot. But yeah, but once they kind of found their footing and got back on track, you know, it was on. It's on. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State jumped out fourteen nothing quick, mm-hmm. quick and early, mm-hmm. and they even early in the second they was up twenty four seven. Right. So at that point, right there. Any other year, regular term, I mean, TCU could count on folded in twenty four seven or Oklahoma State, like just you said. On. Keep going. Yeah, now pop, let's get thirty eight. Let's yeah. get forty. You know, but TCU resiliently, like you said, mm-hmm. they outscored Oklahoma State seventeen six in the second half. Right. Fourteen nothing in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to tie it. They mm-hmm. had a fourteen point fourth quarter lead. And Oklahoma State played well enough to win. They did. It wasn't like, you know, as like I said in the past, where Spencer Sanders, I'm, eh, yeah. is he going to give this one away because it's a big game? Mm-hmm. No, he, he he played very well he enough to win. That, yeah. But that Max Duggar, that cat right there makes plays, homie. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he really stepped up in that game. Yeah, that game, that was another one that went uh, OT. Yeah. And uh, you didn't know. I mean, it, both teams had the opportunities. Awesome oh, yeah, opportunities, definitely. You know, to, to win that game. When you start going OT, you say, okay. Because TCU had the ball first. Mm-hmm. And, yep, they had it first, right. scored a touchdown. Right. Then Oklahoma, Oklahoma followed up. Right. Then the second overtime, Oklahoma State got the ball, right. kicked the field goal. Right. And then TCU said, let me go and get yeah. this touchdown yeah, in this night. It's ended. Yeah. And they ran, they rushed the field, too. Oh, I love when these teams wrestle. Oh, of course, I, I, let them kids have fun. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, man. Like they were talking about that, like the Tennessee game, um, the Colorado game, mm-hmm. and this game. I mean, hell with it. Rush the field. Man, have fun. This it's is the a, atmosphere. This is a sport. I mean, you wait um, all summer. Yeah, you know, all summer for it finally gets here, and it doesn't last long. No, as we're noticing now. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah, I mean, we're it's, going into week eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you really start to break it down. You're like, we're like two thirds through the season, now. right? So I mean, let, let them have fun. As long as people are having fun, people aren't getting injured and stuff like that, and this kind of organ, somewhat organized chaos. Yeah, man, let them have fun. This is this is what it's all about, and that's what separates it from the pros. Yeah, because you're not going to rush the field after the Kansas City Buffalo game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Have you ever seen an NFL team rush the field? Hell no. 
Well, I mean, maybe back in like the seventies or something. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? You like yeah, recent nah, years? Hell no! Nah. You go out on the field, you get tackled and tased. Yeah, the closer and, you get that, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, a no, I don't recommend it at the pro level. <laughs> if you're gonna rush the field, don't run out there. There's a lot of videos of guys getting yeah, there's taken a lot out. Of, there's tased. a lot of investments down on that field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't about to rush out on this field around my forty-five million dollar quarterback I just paid for. Right. No, I'm gonna tase your ass. Right? Yeah, you don't you don't see that as a as a fan base rushing the field. I exactly. Mean, even, good, even in the Super Bowl. No, it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That. Like, oh no, you run down there during yeah. the Super Bowl. No, you are getting tased and you are going to jail. Yeah. There, there's no way about you. Well, yeah, you're not gonna creep on when they're holding up the Super Bowl trophy and end up down there in the confetti. Yeah, I'm quite sure thoughts probably cross people's mind, but like, nah, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't people. <laughs> Don't do it at the pro level. College, <laughs> right. rush the field, have fun, rip down the goalposts. But maybe NFL needs some of that excitement. Uh, we'll say, hey, we're only allowed this section to rush the field. But see, they fight too much in the NFL. They, but they at they're doing what college has started to do now. They allow alcohol. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's different. That's only in Miami where but, they but fight it's a, in But college. it's an influence or what, you know? Well, yeah, of course, but <laughs> I think <laughs> I think more at a college level, let's do it there because, yeah. like I say, they, they, they fight they fight the crowd in the NFL regardless during a regular a preseason game. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's like being in a Miami Hurricane home game, but... <laughs> Yeah. That's for another discussion. Right. <laughs> All right. So another thing we want to touch on here is James Madison versus Georgia Southern. James mm. Madison finally had their first loss as a Division One program. Right. And what was that that you was reading, Taz, earlier? That you about James Madison? About? Yeah. Basically, with James Madison coming from a Division Two school to a Division One school, mm. they're penalized pretty much from winning the conference. Yeah. And by what I'm reading now, it's mm-hmm. saying by 2020 on tw- for 2023, um them applying for a waiver um okay. to actually be eligible to win the conference. So, right now, they can actually participate as far as winning the conference, but they would have to share it with the number 2 school whoever actually wins it, but they can't participate in it. See, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't. NCAA, step up and make a right. damn move for right, once. Right, And like you were saying, like that, like last year, the previous year, they played half and half. Division yeah, two, division yeah. One. Yeah. But they were eligible to play in the playoffs. Or exactly, in the, in the FCS. Yeah. But now, the they're not even eligible to do anything. They can't participate in anything. No. And the sad part is, is they're bowl eligible. Right. And they could go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they, mean, they, they were one of votes. the six undefeated teams yeah. that lost this weekend. Yeah, they still have six votes outside the top 25. Yeah, even so, after they got right. knocked off. Right. And but, was ranked number 25 last but week. But they're not eligible. See, I, once again, we're going to keep pushing for this. NCAA, right. make a damn move. Like, right. I could see if they were playing half FCS, half Division One. I could see that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a transition year. No, their regular season schedule is the same as a Coastal Carolina, an App State. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anybody else in their conference, they're playing the exact same damn schedule. Mm-hmm. And if they run that thing and they can compete, then give them an opportunity to compete. And probably would be the best group of five team. 
They have an opportunity. They had an opportunity to be right, but I mean, still Cincinnati and Tulane up there right now. But yeah. I mean, outside that, but no, I mean, they really could have been. Mm-hmm. But and, but because see, that's the thing. It's like okay, even if you say okay, well, they can't this year, but okay, we'll let them next year. Well, them seniors that's on this team this year, Mm-mm. they're not going to be here next year. They're not eligible for anything. I mean, not, no, not the playoffs, um, not the conference championship, and not a bowl game. Yeah, I'm like you. You totally script them from. Making a leap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, advancing. and think about it from the conference, yeah. like we said in the last episode. Yeah. Oh, if I was a conference commissioner, right. I'd be knocking on the NCAA door. Oh, no, you're going to let James Madison right. play. It's like you're getting a promotion, but with no benefits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, same headache. <laughs> right. Less pay. Right. Huh? right. Why am I going to sign up for no, that? The thing is, you don't even get benefits. No. You don't, uh-huh. get, no, you don't get health. You don't get, you get none of that. Yeah, you don't get none of it. You got to deal with the headache. Right. But you don't, uh, oh, you sick? Oh, we don't give a damn. We ain't, no, <laughs> hell no. Doctor ain't going to take care of your ass. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You got to pay for that out your own pocket. Because this same cat doing the same thing going to yeah. get all these benefits. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and it, it really does. Because James Madison has had a great year this year. I mean, they mm-hmm. lost to Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. You know, that Buffalo transfer, Cal Van Trees. Dude, that. <laughs> now, now, I will say this about James Madison as we move forward. Mm-hmm. How did you not realize you needed to defend the pass when... 64 of the 80 plays are pass plays. Right, right. And listen to the coach, man. It was like, he was surprised. It was like, we were, we were out there playing like we are playing in mud. We just couldn't get it going. Yeah. And James Madison, their offense had a good game, too. They damn near won that game. Right. They did. But you give up 578 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick to that Van Trees. Did you know that was the most passing yards in the last two years, quarterback? Mm. Now... Georgia Southern has 16 rushes for 12 yards. What they're previously known for. Yeah, a triple option. Running the ball. Yeah, so that Helton, he, ooh-wee, you want to talk about complete 180. Right, but they're, again, I mean, I understand they don't have the best record because I, I looked at their record also. Yeah, I think they end up finishing what? They're, what, they're 3-3 three and three right now? 4-3. Four 4-3, and three. Four and three? okay. 4-3, and 1-2 in conference, 4-3 record, 3-0 and oh at home, and 1-3 on the road. But this is the thing. Oh, I don't see, you know, that and that's not spectacular. Yeah. But it's a positive flow. Oh, so yeah, it's a plus. My question is now with him being at a team like Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. with less, I guess, pressure and expectation, is it free the coach? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because what's going to happen if he does, does well, do well there and turn around, now his name's back in the pool as one of the hot coaches. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they were a 10-point underdog in this game. Just right. for, let's say, this for this sake, for this game, they were a 10-point underdog. No one expected them to win this game. Right. And they won. And just like you said, no, no, there's, there, there's no pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure there. there so he's able to kind of be free right now. But then again, his name's going to be about out there again for another school, mm-hmm. Power Five possibly. Yep. And then he takes it, and then the pressure comes back. So sometimes yep. I think these these coaches need to be at a place where there's less pressure where they can kind of coach freely. Yeah, and we talked about that with did. Yeah, like Harson, right at Boise State, right. and take and, and take your time in building your roster because right now you're always going to be like Harson, for instance. You're mm-hmm. always going to be measured against the other teams in your conference yeah um as far as your recruiting and then if that's not going well not saying those guys don't fit your 
your roster or what you, your system, what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. is that you're always under fire for something. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, you're not competing at this level. You you're top twenty, but you're not top ten. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And then when you lose a few games, I mean, not to make the excuse for him, dude. They're playing. I mean, he's coaching against some legendary coaches. Probably gonna be Hall of Fame coaches. Is oh, what yeah. he's coaching against. Yeah. It's not well, like he's just losing games against anybody. And it's like the same thing like we said, like with Norvell. Yeah. You know, Norvell at Memphis. at Memphis in comparison to Norvell. Right. At FSU. Right. The expectation is so much different. Yeah. You so, know? so much different. Yeah. And we'll touch on that here after this next game. Yeah. But yeah, so another game we had, a lot of interest between me and you. Mm-hmm. Surprise team, surprise team. Right. Nebraska at Purdue. Right. Forty three thirty seven, dude. That was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. I don't know if anybody watched that game, yeah. but that was really a really good football game. Right. Really well played game. Right. And if Purdue can get this freshman running back going, that Makobe Machobi or whatever the hell his name is, mm-hmm. he had thirty carries for one hundred seventy eight yards and a touchdown. Mm. Now, if you can set that up with O'Connell. Who had three ninety one, four touchdowns in the pick? If you can have that balance in your offense like that, mm-hmm. Illinois better watch out. Purdue gonna be coming, right? Right. And Nebraska think, get Illinois this right, weekend, right? And that's a challenge. I mean, the coaches always have the challenge to kind of keep um, guys head level, especially after a, a dominating <laughs> performance. Oh yeah, you know, running yeah. the ball the way they did, and, and even defensive wise, you keeping their defense off. I mean, offense off the field. Mm-hmm. So it's always. Trying to keep these guys level-headed, not them pumping themselves up too much. Of course, they're going to be patted on the back. They're going to be social media, all this stuff that you have to now manage oh, yeah. as a coach so, yeah. and going into that next week's game. so, But if you can keep them focused and keep them you know, moving right along with that run game, it's going to be hard to stop them. Bro. Yeah, because honestly, Purdue has the second-best passing quarterback in the conference right. outside of C.J. Right. Stroud. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he has his right-hand man, Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. who is an Iowa transfer, which I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Iowa wish they had. Right. I mean, his last game against Nebraska, he had 12 catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's averaging nine catches a, a game, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But this is a challenge also is for Purdue defense. Can you can you make some stops? Because oh, it, yeah. Because if got they to. dominate, it, it, we know that Illinois is going to dominate you know, 40 minutes a game. Yeah. But you want to limit them. That way your op- your offense can have opportunities. Yeah, and you can't go three and out. No. That Brian Baum, he calls a hell of a game. Right. But just like you said, you got to be able to get a team like an Illinois off the field. You got to get them off the team because they're, they're eating up the clock. Yeah, and you can't go three and out. Before you know it, you probably get two, maybe three possessions in the first half. Mm-hmm. They can eat up that much clock. And, I mean, and you have to be efficient in those three possessions. You, oh, yeah. You, I mean, you can't have penalties to set you back, <laughs> put you second, third, and long, uh-uh. and then now I have a punt, and then they get the ball back. They eat up another 10 minutes. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, that's know? something that you cannot have happen. And right. you got to be able to get, like you said, get off the field. got to get off the field. Yeah, like against uh, Minnesota, they had nine possessions. Nine possessions. That entire game. That's what I'm saying. You're talking they about did. over two and a quarter Possessions uh, a quarter. Yeah. Or two and a quarter possessions. <laughs> yeah, per quarter. And three of those ended in a turnover. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. When you, Purdue you, goes against Illinois, they got to. You have to be efficient. 
Mm-hmm. When you're playing a team like that on your offense, yep. because if you're not, then you're not getting the rhythm, and you, your chances are limited. Oh, yeah, of course. That's it. You're limited. And yep. now, not only are they controlling the clock, they're scoring touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like in the first half, Illinois, nine plays, 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, seven plays, interception. Right. Three and out, Illinois. Three and out, Minnesota. 15 plays, field goal. Eight plays, touchdown. 19 plays, field goal. One play, take a knee, go to the half. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> I mean, how can you get in rhythm like that? <laughs> you can't. So, Purdue, they really got to step it up, especially when they get Illinois. And Nebraska, and hey, Nebraska was no slouch in that game now. Mm-hmm. Nebraska played a really great game, and Casey Thompson is really starting to light this wide receiver that he has in this Palmer, mm-hmm. Trey, Trey Palmer. Palmer. Right. That guy right there, seven catches, two hundred thirty-seven yards, and two pit and two touchdowns. Right, and I'm I'm still impressed with him. Um, Not continue. to mention a sixty-yard run. Right, and they continue to fight after all that was going on in that program. Oh yeah, I mean that Casey Thompson. I mean he had three hundred fifty-four yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns, two picks. I mean two turnovers kind of yeah. hurt him, but yeah. I mean they Nebraska has shown more fight since Scott yeah. Frost left. Right. Right. So, but yeah, like I said, Nebraska gets Illinois next weekend. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting one. So, you know, Purdue, we're going to be cheering for Nebraska, right. knock off Illinois, mm-hmm. give us a heads up because we're trying to win the division. That's yep. what the big board says. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, hell, even with Nebraska, still has the division in front of them. So, another game we had here last night, we got two more we're going to go over and then we're going to get into some other stuff, is Clemson and FSU. Final score at 34-28. It wasn't that close, Taz. No, it wasn't that close. A couple late scores by FSU made it closer than what it is. And I see guys bumping their heads on the sideline like, what if? But it wasn't. I, from what I noticed, I think uh, Clemson took the foot off the gas a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't being aggressive in their play calling on offense. No. This, to me, this was the turning point. With 151 left in the game... Clemson kicked a 47-yard field goal. Right. Right? Kick it off to FSU. They go four four plays, 17 yards. Jordan Travis fumbles again. Yeah. This goes back to what I talked about. Does FSU have a good team, a solid team? I do believe so. Right. I do believe they do. Mm-hmm. Their missing point or missing piece is the one piece you can't miss. Is it quarterback? Right. I'm... He did what I expect him to do. Right. So he fumbled, right? right? What's Clemson to go off and do? Three plays, 42 yards, touchdown with 28 seconds left in the half. Right. Now we go to the half. Yeah. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Here we go. We're still in it, right? We're still in this game. We, we, we gave up 10 points in the last minute and a half or whatever, mm-hmm. but we're still in it, right? We still got a chance. Still got a chance. It's 24-14, right? We're down 10. Mm-hmm. We're going to kick the ball off to Clemson and start the third. What's Clemson do? Shipley, 69-yard kick return. Brings it down to the 31-yard line. Clemson, to me, this was an embarrassment. Right. When you're running a double reverse flea flicker mm-hmm. and you convert it, you had that much time to run it. And you got that much time. Right. And in 19 seconds, 
into the third quarter, you score another touchdown. Dude, they scored, Clemson scored 17 points in two minutes and 10 seconds of game clock. Mm. You went from being up 14 to 7 to being down 34 or 31 to 14. That, to me, that's that that's unexcusable, dude. Or no, I'm sorry, it was fourteen fourteen when when they made the field goal. Okay. So yeah, you went from tie fourteen fourteen to down seventeen in two minute two minutes and ten seconds of game clock. That's a ball game. Ball game, and like I said, that's it. Yeah, and what I noticed, like I said, it it didn't. It's not probably popping out to a lot of people, but that DJ used playing within the program a solid game he's doing i think personally because right. i'm not a huge fan of him right but as you pointed out to mm-hmm. me that i didn't realize that he is doing what they're asking them to that's do that's it so i mean i i respect that i i can't argue that that's it you just just do what yeah. he asks you to do he's not protect, trevor lawrence yeah, and, pe- and protect the ball yeah he's not deshaun watson but yeah. they don't need him to be that they don't need him to be that and that that's something I guess my perspective of it, I was mm-hmm. expecting them to make the the Sean Watson throws, right. the Trevor Lawrence right. throws, to make the big plays. Right. And I didn't realize this till you pointed out mm-hmm. to me. They don't need him to be that. No. I need you to be DJU. No. That's it. And yeah. I think me personally, he looks like Kelly Bryant, but that's up for another discussion at right. another time. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, those three plays right there, what to me was the defi- the deciding factor of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you can't have that happen. That, no, and and like I said, that Clemson never really let the run game get off. No, so it was put on his shoulders. And there again, it's like okay, <laughs> this the end. Play calling. How creative are you? They had mm. like three plays in a row. That they just had one on one with Johnny Wilson, just throw it up and hope he catches oh, yeah. it in the end zone. Yeah, there's a hell throw it over there. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and three times over to the I guess the last one I think Jordan Travis tried to run it, but they kept they kept throwing up one on one. Yeah, in the corner and not connecting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like for Clemson, it's like okay, so what are you going to do? You're just going to let him just keep trying it against your undersized DB. And then the, the I guess the last throw they did made over there. I mean they kind of shifted the safety over to kind of yeah. give him help. But I'm like. I don't get it. This is this is your creativity. Is this when the red zone? We're gonna throw it up, and I hear it all the time. And this is something they practice all the time in practice. I'm quite sure that the other team is hearing this. This is the play that you run in the red zone. Oh yeah, that's all they run. So all the DB do is just use your sideline as the extra defender. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he might out jump you. You got put your hip in. I'm taking that space away from. I'm taking that space away. Yeah, he ain't gonna just eat up space. That's all you gotta do. Right, and but this is this is their thing. This was you see it consecutively in the row, boom, Mm -hmm. throw it over there, out of bounds. Throw it there, out of bounds. I was like, (laughs) dude, there's no creativity. There's nothing, and not not only that. Now in the sets that they were in, Mm -hmm. he was the only receiver on the field. Yeah, they they made it tight in the box. Oh yeah. And then put him out there one on one. One on one. Yep. I was like, you have I would rather run a slant with him than run a fade route. Right. But not only that, Honestly. spread the field out even more. Yeah. To let even other guys work. Mm-hmm. You know, that way, I, don't, I didn't get it. So. so, do you think, and a couple of people that I've talked to, you know, they, they understand, they, they know what happened. Right. But do you think that some people are going to look at this game and be like, we only lost by six? 
So yeah, it is already. Or are they gonna look at it that no, we lost by twenty. It, it look, it's it was more because to me it was a loss by twenty more. Yeah, it's a loss more by of six. it. I was seeing they're trying to be optimistic. I was saying it both ways. Lost by six, and then they're saying, well, okay, well we got an opportunity to win the rest of our games. That's the way they're trying to paint the picture. Because of the other teams that are on the schedule, if we if we play Clemson this way. What can we do against the, the remaining schedule that we have? And we can probably go nine and three. Nine and three. Yeah, they only lost three, right? Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. oh, you telling me they going to win the rest of the game? Yeah, but this is this is this is this is the mindset of some out there. I'm, I'm checking message board. <laughs> there was one, maybe two realistic people mm-hmm. that I saw with that were FSU fans that said, "Hey, yeah." Look, Clemson took the gas, you know, took the, the foot off the gas. And then you can see it in the game because oh, yeah, they no, weren't being aggressive. No, because they didn't run no plays. Yeah, they weren't being aggressive, and they were no. just letting the, letting the clock, yeah. you know, run take, down to three yeah, or four seconds, play good defense. hike it, and then DJU just keep the ball and run it for right, two yeah, yards. Yeah, of course, FSU was still coming full force, you know, trying to score and tighten yeah. it up. And maybe that's the mindset that they had. They'll just keep it close. It won't look as bad, uh-huh. you know. But, no, they took the foot off the pedal. You can tell they weren't being aggressive. So, it's a mixture of mindsets between the fan bases. So. I, I, I'll say this, and I'll say I'll admit that I was wrong. At, right, at this point right now, at 4-3, and three, mm-hmm. I could see seven wins. And I think that would be a great year. Yeah. I mean, the Georgia Tech game is interesting. Yeah, it looked more like a it's, sure it's, game it's, it's, early on. Early yeah. It looked like a more of a sure game. You can count that one. Yeah, but they're coming off a bye. So I could see FSU winning that one. Right. Miami, I don't know what Miami's got going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen Syracuse, that game looks a lot harder than yeah, it did. Syracuse. And Louisiana, yeah. they should be able to win that game. The Florida game, right. that's going to be a tough game. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I could see the Georgia, game, the Georgia Tech, the Louisiana, and I could see them winning, splitting Miami-Syracuse. Yeah, that Syracuse game going to be probably, to me right now, I think it's the, the toughest one. It just depends on how bad Syracuse gets beat up by Clemson. Right. And then, but Syracuse is home. Mm, at the Carrier Dome. Yeah, so Good they're call. home. I didn't think about that. They're home. That's going to be a tough game. The, the Georgia Tech, the Louisiana, and the Florida games. Yeah. Is that dope? Yeah. That one's on the road mm, along with the man, Miami think game. about that. Yeah. So I think that's probably one of the toughest games that they have remaining on mm. the schedule. Tough game, tough yep. game, but so yeah, I mean that's why I say like I, I, I think those three or four plays in that two minute and ten second spot right mm-hmm. at the end of the half, beginning of the half, I think that's still the yeah. way. And, I will say though, classy yeah. move by FSU. Right. They put that Ellis Strong and they put in the brick right there where Clemson comes out for that Breezy's mm-hmm. sister that passed away from right. brain cancer. Right. Classy move, a one. Right, I. That's what I'm talking about. That's at the end of the that's day. Awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. On what FSU did for that, so 100 percent props to them for that. That 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 was pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so the late night game we had right here was USC at Utah. Right. You want to talk about an interesting game? Forty three, forty two. Yeah, that was another one. You you don't know, but there again, lately. I mean, although I know a lot of USC has changed now, but lately Utah's kind of been owning that series. 
Oh yeah, I mean you, Utah is a hard place to win at, y'all. Yeah. Don't don't think just because oh it's Utah it's easy to win at. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, and they're a scrappy team. It's a hard team to very beat. Very scrappy, <laughs> very scrappy. And USC dominated early. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna lie to you. I watched the game and I'm like, oh USC gonna run away from this game because I mean first three drives, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, right. and it they wasn't skipping a beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh they got. They got this game, hands down. Mm-hmm. And they just, Utah just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. Right. And how the hell you don't realize that that Kincaid or how to cover him or where he's at when right. he has 16 catches for 234 yards and a touchdown, right. that other tight end, mm-hmm. the one that's still healthy. That's what they do. They, they use that's the That's what they ends. do, yeah. That, re, that rising or whatever, mm-hmm. that's, that's his thing. And then, then you look at his stats. I mean, he had... 30 for 44, 415 yards, Mm -hmm. two touchdowns passing, had 11 carries for 60 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, that, that rising, he, he dominated that game. And that's the thing. Utah, they just kept fighting. Last two drives of the game when USC need to make a stop, come up, step up, make a play, 10 plays, 79 yards, touchdown. Mm -hmm. 15 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. That's their last two drives. Their last drive, fourth and goal. They had a chance. They had a chance. Win it. Yep. Seal it. Right here. Yep. Cameron Rising, one-yard touchdown. Yep. And then what's Willingham do? I kind of like it. Go for two. Kind of like it. Just Go for two. Hey, if you want to knock off a top-10 team, you got to let it go. Let it go. Let it all they hang out. And he went for two, and they hit him and had a chance, and he – Snuck by him and got in there for the two point play. Right, and you, you Utah ends up knocking off USC forty three forty two at Utah. Right, right. And now there's something interesting I saw in that game, and I'm, I'm something I think the NCAA should kind of look at. I know it's part of the game, mm-hmm. but you know USC threw an interception mm-hmm. at the end of the game, but which was actually called back. Oh yeah. And the clock ran. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So they intercepted the ball. It was a penalty against the defense. Mm-hmm. But actually, if that guy was smart, he probably he ran off about nine seconds. Yeah. He probably could have ran off even more if he would thought about it and run back toward this way and just killed the clock. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I think that's something in the rule change that needs to change. If that penalty is committed by the defense yeah. and they intercept the ball, I think some time on the clock needs to be replaced. Yeah, it's it should end personal. right there where the penalty right, is. Right, yeah. me personally. And yeah. not him running around and limiting now the team yeah. seconds on the clock. Yeah, you know, from for, a defensive penalty. Yeah, the defensive penalty. Yeah. It's something that you did. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> and yep. that, but I'm also still penalized with my time now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think I think two things can happen. I mean, there's a couple ways they can do it. They can they can stop it right there immediately, or if they don't want to do that and mess with the game, if the opposing team has a timeout, mm-hmm. they can use it and save yeah. that time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I don't think that's fair. It's like okay, you commit a penalty. They just say. They do something stupid or running back. They grab his face mask and then mm-hmm. takes the ball and run around with it or whatever and kill yeah. the time on the clock. And they only get one untimed down right. when they would have had because 20 seconds something, left. A, a, a penalty they, the opposing team committed. Yep. So I think that's something need to be looked at. 
You know, I, I like that don't that don't make sense. Yeah, the it, only thing that saved USC was some ref had waved his hand or whatever for an inadvertent whistle right. that put the time some of the time back on the clock. Right. But yeah, they would have that last play they would have had would have only had like seven or eight. Yeah, seconds he ran on, on like nine seconds. Uh huh. Yeah, he ran all the way across the damn field. Right. Right. Did. So I, if he would have been thinking about it, like you said, yeah. like, I'll just go run in circles. You run in circles. They can't catch me. Just kill the clock. Yeah. And just, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something they need to take a look at. That's a really good point. I didn't but, think about that. Yeah, right. that's something they should pay attention to. and Because it does. It penalizes the team right. on the offense because the defense commits the penalty. Yeah. Then, like you said, they tip it. They intercept it. Now they can run around. Flip it around, or it could be like one of them in the game things right. where they just throw the ball backwards forty eight right. and times just kill the clock and just run all the clock. And you're out. only going to get basically fifteen out. yards. Yeah. yeah, and you're going to get one pretty one second because you're going to get one shot. Uh-huh. At it. it depends on where you are. Yeah, you could have had two, maybe three possessions. Uh huh. Yeah, instead of the <laughs> twenty seconds you're supposed to have, you right. got one untimed down, mm-hmm. and now there ain't nothing you can do with the mm-hmm. damn thing. Yeah, that is so true. That's that's a really good point. And that's something yeah. that happened at the end of that game. Right. So, but congratulations, Utah. Y'all stepped up, made a big play, and ended up winning the game. So, what we're going to do here from moving on and moving forward for all the teams that become bowl eligible, I know we're a week behind on some of them, but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of them for us to catch up on. Right. But we want to go ahead and catch up on and talk about all the teams that are bowl eligible because right. we believe bowl games still matter. Right. Like, you know, it's gonna even matter more now. <laughs> you know, once they make the expansion, oh yeah, it's gonna even matter more. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. So the first thing we got here, we want to give a shout out to is Coastal Carolina, right. third straight bowl game. Good oh, job, good job, Coastal. Yeah, building the program. Now mm-hmm. if they keep their head coach. We'll see, but yeah, it'll all see how it all plays out. And then American, we got Tulane, mm-hmm. first bowl game since the twenty twenty Potato Bowl. Right. Willie Fritz fired everybody. <laughs> so I ain't dealing with this no more. Y'all go. screwing it up. Right. And now look at me, 6-1. 6-1. Six and one. Tulane right there going to a bowl game. Clemson, 24th straight. That's that's a hell of an accomplishment. Nice run for them. Yeah, nice run. Syracuse, Dino. Guy we had on the hot seat. Guy was on the, he was on the hot seat. He could have been released a year prior to this. Yeah. Second bowl game in nine years. First one since 2018. Mm. Good job there, Dino. North Carolina. Fourth straight under Matt Brown. Brown. Matt Brown come in. We don't do nothing but bowl. (laughs) (laughs) TCU. First bowl game. Well, their 2021 was canceled. But first one since the greatest bowl game of all time. The 2018 Cheez-It Bowl. Right. They need to run that back. They, I think they need to replay that one. One more? Greatest 150. Don't they play those, have those games on? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that needs to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> so we got, a, we got a milestone here. Michigan, you're now eligible for your 50th bowl game. There you go, baby. 50, Michigan, long tradition, Wolverines. Ohio State, not the one up you, but 55th bowl game. Right. You're eligible for it. So good job. Illinois, first bowl game since 2019. Brett Bielema. Yeah, got him back on the map. Yeah, man. Bringing him back. 
And he lead the division. Right. And all these teams that we're mentioning right now have a lot more to play for. Oh, yeah, of course. No, these are just like the bottom part of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? They still have a lot ahead of them. They do and have bigger aspirations right. than just what we're talking about. Liberty, fourth straight bowl game. Liberty. All of them under Hugh Freeze. Right, right. I think just, A, soak it up, enjoy it while the run is here. Hopefully you get, at some point, a uh, good coach to replace Hugh Freeze, but I don't think it's going to be with you a lot, <laughs> lot, lot longer. Oh, so what you're saying, Hugh Freeze going to leave? <clears throat> yeah, I think he's going to be offered. I um, think so, too. Yeah. I do, too. UCLA, back-to-back bowl games. Chip Kelly, another guy that was potentially on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be interesting because last year they canceled the Holiday Bowl against NC State. We mm-hmm. all remember how that happened right. and how that played itself out. USC, the Trojans, first one since 2019. Right. 56th overall. Good mm. job, Trojans. Building I know y'all have bigger back. aspirations. Most deaf. Yep. The next thing we got here, Georgia. Georgia going to their 60th bowl game. Yep, yep. Expected that one this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And then Tennessee, back-to-back bowls under Josh Heupel. Right. Good job, Josh Heifel. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. I think he's in a destination spot. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. No. So now he'll be able to build off of that and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, third straight under Lane. Three for three under Lane Kiffin. Right. They've yeah. really bounced back. They have. Yeah, and this is after replacing an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Good job. Yeah, good job, Lane. And then the last one we got here, Alabama, record 76th bowl game. Expected that one. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, when will we be able to say that, yeah, Alabama ain't going to make a bowl game? Right. I mean, it'd be something like, hopefully, (laughs) no time soon or anything. But a lot of these teams, you know, got hit with something crazy like a probation or something. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Where they're ineligible and all that. They have. So, all right, so before we wrap this up, though, I wanted to talk on this because with the playoff picture, it's crazy how you thought, okay, leading into this week, mm-hmm. we thought, okay, all these games are going to happen. Something's going to shake up. We're going we're gonna to know some more about it. Mm-hmm. Honestly and truly, I think I know less now than what I knew before this weekend. I think, well, what we do know is there's a lot more competitive teams. Oh yeah. Than the the normal four that you normally choose to be in the playoffs every year. I mean, four maybe five teams you would throw in there for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. Um, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and occasionally like uh, North um, Notre Dame. Yeah. And occasionally things of that nature. So you, in Oklahoma was one that was talked about for some years, but. Those are probably the top tier teams that you talk about like every year possibly being there. Mm. Uh, but now, nah, you got some more teams that possibly can yeah, gonna do some damage. Yeah, and uh, then you look at it, you're like, all these teams still play each other. Yeah. You yes. do. I mean, number one, Georgia is still going to play number three, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Right. Number two, Ohio State still going to play number four, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Number six, Alabama, still going to play number seven, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Number nine, UCLA is going to play number 10, Oregon, this weekend. Right. And still, number nine, UCLA, still has to play number 12, USC. Yeah, and then you have Oregon. Yeah. I mean, Oregon may be in the championship game. Yeah, Oregon, yeah. They would. So, yeah, I mean, it's loaded. It's like, yeah, I mean, it sits pretty now, but all these teams got to play each other. Yeah, and it's like we still don't really know 
who is going to make, I mean, who? And that's cool. That, I mean, I like that. that. Oh, yeah. That way you're not deciding before November. Yeah. Who's going to be in championship. Exactly. Or, or even part of, part of uh, October, you already know who's going to be in championship. Yeah. But now this can roll into late December. Yeah, and like we <clears> said, <throat> 20 of the 32 teams that's made the playoff have had a loss. Mm-hmm. So the likelihood of the remaining six, seven undefeated teams staying undefeated is slim to none. Right. So, I mean, more than likely, they're going to lose somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into, I mean, and that's the thing, too. Like, I thought when USC lost, I thought, well, hell, I was like, USC, I was like, there goes the Pac-12. But then I started to look at it. I said, well, hold on. I was like, okay, maybe the SEC might have an undefeated champ. Maybe the Big Ten, right? Maybe. Maybe the ACC. Maybe. Because if Clemson still got to play Miami at home, Mm -hmm. which we all know how that is, hit or miss. But then they might get North Carolina on the other side. Right. And North Carolina can't stop nobody, but they might be able to outscore Clemson. Right. And then you look at it and you're like, well, the Big 12, unless TCU runs the table, Mm there will be a one-loss team that will win the Big 12. Right. Unless UCLA runs the table, mm-hmm. there'll be a one-loss team that'll win the Pac-12. So two out of the five major conferences more than likely will have at least one loss. Granted, Clemson, their competition down the stretch isn't that great. It isn't. So the likelihood of them losing is slim. You figure the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan will be in the cruise control right you know because i don't think no one on the other side illinois or purdue's going to give them any competition so i think that game will be a playoff matchup game and then but the wild card is tennessee right they'll have to possibly play two more top six teams but what about this what if georgia beats tennessee right alabama or georgia Alabama beats Georgia. Right. Alabama got one loss. Mm-hmm. Georgia got one loss. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has one loss. But Tennessee would be trumped by Georgia. But they beat the SEC champ, Alabama. I get it. And they both got one loss. But you lost to the... The loser of yeah, the SEC. exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like They'll, they'll be trumped. I think is, they'll be trumped by Georgia because Georgia actually represented that division. But they beat the SEC champion. I, I get it. But you didn't go to the championship. No, you didn't. Yeah, I mean, Texas and them beat Alabama. Yeah, last year. But they also wasn't 11-1. and one. Right, but you, I'm saying is you can beat the number one team. Or here goes a crazy wild card. <laughs> what if Ole Miss wins? And they beat Alabama. And now they go to the SEC championship right. game. right. You know, it, like I said, it's, it, it's a lost scenario, which is good. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I still feel, like we said, I feel more lost now than I did before. Yeah, and I like being lost. Yeah. The only thing I don't hope to have is, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, yeah. is I do not want to see two SEC schools. And honestly and truly, no. I don't think Clemson is worthy of the playoff spot. And we've had this discussion in the past. I really, I'm not but, sold on Clemson. But it's one of those things as far as Clemson because it's it, it's like with every team. You look at look at Georgia, really mm-hmm. non conference with Oregon. Yeah, but I mean that. But that's no. what I'm saying. 
They, the, the argument with Georgia is you play who's in front of you. Yeah, we know mean, you Georgia can only play who you got. Exactly. So that's going to be the argument for Clemson. That's going to be the argument. To an extent, but but like Clemson, I mean, yeah, granted you won, but you started so slow. I get it. You know what I'm saying? They, like, yeah. there's not a game where I looked at like, okay, yeah, they blew out Boston College. Mm-hmm. But that game was close for it. a minute. They gave up garbage points to FSU. I don't count that game. Yeah. They probably should have lost to NC State. Right. They should have lost Wait. to Wake Forest. Right. And then the rest of them, you know, Georgia Tech, Furman, like and Louisiana Tech. Two, yeah, they handled that. Two top 15 teams that they beat. North Carolina. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest was 21. Took them to double overtime. And then NC you'll State have, was a top 10. You'll have, at some point, Syracuse. Oh yeah, they get Syracuse this weekend. Right, and what Syracuse they rank? do? Fourteenth. Yeah, so that'd be and they're a thirteen teams. point favorite. Yeah, there'll be three teams in the top fifteen or sixteen. I know one of them was like 15, 14, 15, 15, 16, NC State. Yeah, and wait, but that's three teams that that you beat. Yeah, but are they? I mean, I but, still think Wake Forest is better than Clemson. Right, but you that's the thing. I do they, you they know got, what I'm saying? Yeah, but they got the head to head, so. Yeah. You have to consider that. I mean, they got Syracuse this weekend, two undefeated teams, and I, I don't think Syracuse will win that game. But see, then they got to go to Notre Dame. Right. And Notre Dame isn't the Notre I mean, they just lost to Stanford. Yeah. But maybe they'll hoop hooray, pull a surprise. Right. They get Louisville at home. They get Miami at home. Mm-hmm. Miami ain't what everybody thought Miami would be. No. You know what I'm saying? No. And then they get Spencer Rattler at home, and we all know how that would go. Spencer's now, wouldn't that be some? Spencer's on a bye. Wouldn't that be some? Right. Spencer come and knock him off? Man. Spencer's on a bye. 11-1 Clemson. Spencer said they started to peak. Yeah. 11-1 Clemson, and he goes on the road yeah. in Death Valley. Spencer's going to do it. And knocks off the number four, number three team in the country. I can only imagine the magazine of Spencer Rattler. That'd be crazy. And yeah. I don't see it happening, no. Though. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sold on Clemson. No, but you, you, won't, right. you won't really get to see them. I mean, you'll get to see them in the playoffs and see if they can hold up. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly and truly, I would rather see the SEC champ, the Big Ten champ, the Big 12 champ, and the Pac-12 champ in the playoffs. Right, because they're playing good football I in the Pac twelve. But, but yeah, even then though, USC struggled even before this Utah game. Uh, to an extent, they did. But they got four in the top fifteen. I got you. Like right now, the, still, the AP poll is so balanced, right. which is so nice because I love that because right. I don't believe right. that. I mean, one, it's going to shift a little bit because they got a lot of them teams still got to play each other. Well, yeah, I mean, they it's all still got to play each other. It's going to shift, and then they you got do. championship games, and that's an extra loss for somebody. Yeah, somewhere down the line. But like like I said, I like how it's set up right now. The SEC has six. Mm-hmm. ACC has five. Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12 each have four. Right. That's balance. Yeah, I it's love good balance. That. That's good balance amongst five it's good conferences. Balance, but it's not like. And then the American got two. They got Cincinnati <clears throat> and Tulane, and they'll battle each other to see right. who goes to New Year's Six. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, you look at it, the SEC got six. One, three, six, seven. So they got four out of top seven, and they got 19, 24. Right. I don't really count that. ACC, five, 13, 14. So three out of top 15, and then 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Big 12. 
8, 11, 17, 20. So four in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Big 10, 2, 4, 16, 18. So four in the top 18. Right. Pac 12, 9, 10, 12, 15. So four in the top 15. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good balance. It's good balance. You know what I'm saying? So it's setting up. I mean, I think there still be some argument if that was the case this year of the expansion. So it'd be fine for like 12 teams out of all those teams to try to get in there. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, I just I just don't want to see two teams out of the same damn conference go. It shouldn't it Honestly, just, we'll, just truly, see, just we'll just see how it plays out. They're all going to play each other. Because right. the, the way I look at it, if they let two teams in the same conference get there, especially since they all play each other, right. then you're saying the regular season don't mean a damn thing. Because you had your chance to play your right, way in. But we'll see how right, it play out. Right, indifferent. We'll see how it play out because I I still think a one-loss conference team is going to get over a one-loss semifinalist team. Yeah, and I like because that's like my thing. Like I truly believe, okay, whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game mm-hmm. and they go off and win the Big Ten, then that's the team that needs to go yeah, to the playoff. Yeah. Not the team that lost. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So that's like saying that if Georgia beats Tennessee mm-hmm. and then Tennessee wins the rest of their games, they're like, oh, well, they beat Alabama, so they deserve. No, you had your chance. No, no, you no. You lost your no, opportunity. No. You know what I'm Conference saying? Conference champions, to me, should trump the whole thing. Exactly. Right. Now, it should. there's five conference Correct. <laughs> so, in four spots. Yeah, so somebody. And that's why I don't think that one should get two of them. No, 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 Because then now we're only talking about three big conferences getting four spots. And to me, that's BS. Right. I think what what needs to hold up with the 12 is, I think the 12 needs to have. Well, no, we're not talking about 12. We're talking about the four right now. No, the Pac-12. Oh, Pac-12. I think the 12 needs to have a one-loss team. Correct. Yeah. They need to have a one-loss team. Mm -hmm. And then their shot's a lot better. Now, they come in with a two-loss conference championship. You know, conference well, yeah, then that won't, yeah. Yeah, I think they need to have a one loss. And I think everybody, and then now you got to decide on the on the four out of the five. Yeah, of course. But, as, I mean, like I said, it, okay, if you win the SEC, right. you got zero or one losses, okay, I'll give you that. Right. The winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game pretty much, mm-hmm. and they'll end up winning the conference. Mm-hmm. I get that. They should get that. Mm-hmm. Clemson, eh, I'll, 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 but I'll pick the last two between a Clemson winner and the ACC if mm-hmm. they win the ACC. Right. Uh, one loss, maybe undefeated Big Twelve, or a one loss, maybe undefeated Pac Twelve. Right. Now I would rather have that discussion. Who is the two out of those three, instead of the discussion of okay, well you got the Ohio State Michigan winner. And then you got Alabama and Georgia or Georgia and Tennessee. Well, look, and then now I got to pick one yeah. from the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big right. 12. To me, that's BS. I think that's, that, no. Me personally, I think this side's going to play. The Big 10 winner will be there. Correct. The SEC t- winner will be there. Correct. And it should. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Now, I think the, the ACC as far as teams are questionable, mm-hmm. you know, as far as how they played this year. But I still think Dabo has some cachet because he, he's won it, been there and won it. Yeah. They're going to be looking at Dabo possibly for that third spot. I, I would give him in comparison to the Big 12 and the Pac-12. But I, right. would, I would lay the chips on the table between the three. 
Right. I wouldn't just give it to no, them. No, no, no. But I think you they're gonna they're gonna look at that. Dabble's yeah. been there, Dabble's won. Oh yeah, of course. Um now when you're talking about the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve, they're gonna be looking at it very closely. USC can't afford another loss. No. Um, they can run the table and still make Utah's it. Utah's already got two losses. Yep. So the, even if they run the t- they'll go to the Rose Bowl. They and, won't go to the playoffs. And I don't think I mean It'll be questionable, even if you got a one-loss Oregon team. That's going to be questionable because they're going to go all the way back to that first game. To that game. first game against Georgia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, well, the Pac-12's best chance is UCLA or USC. Right. That's their best chance. Right. An undefeated or one-loss UCLA-USC team. Right. And they have to play each other. Uh, yeah, at the end of the year. And right. maybe twice. Maybe twice. Yeah. And there it is. So, who, so That's why I say let it play out, see what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> My biggest beef is I just don't think another SEC school should get in, especially I don't think two, don't especially think two this year, because Tennessee plays Alabama and Georgia. Right. Georgia's gonna play Tennessee more than likely, maybe, hey, maybe not. Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Alabama is gonna have an opportunity to play. An opportunity we'll say that. They'll have an opportunity to play. Right. A Georgia and they play Tennessee. Right. See, because my thing is, you had your chance. Right. If you didn't win it. those games to get to that point. I get that. Then why the hell should I give you a mulligan? Yeah. When I, I won't. T- when I won't give no other school that. I won't give Michigan mm-hmm. the mulligan if right. they lose to Ohio State. Right. I won't give USC the mulligan if they lose. Well, I mean, they lost to yeah. Washington. Yeah. But if, let's say UCLA. Let's say UCLA, if they lose to USC. Or the TCU, if they lose to Texas. I'm not willing to give any of these other schools a mulligan when it should be decided on the field. Right. and Because if you don't, um, then the regular season don't mean a damn thing. I think if these other companies, just handle your business. Yeah. That's your job. Just handle your business. And then I don't think it'll be a discussion about two teams. Oh, of course, no, of course, I understand that. But you, but you see what I'm saying? Oh, it's the perception of, of it. Of course, but 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 it's been playing out that way that some of these conference winners have been having two losses. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if you got two losses or whatever, then hell yeah, that's you what I'm saying. You don't I'm saying just handle your business. Yeah, and it won't come down that now. It may come down between two conferences. Yeah, who gets in and style points and all that crap, but yeah. I just like it more with the four-team format if it's four different conferences. But You know what I'm saying? Because if you look at it, and it's happened in the past, when two get in from the same conference, but, they already played each other. But that's what I was saying. I've seen that episode. But that's what I was saying anyway. I mean, the minimum that this this this, this um, playoff should have been was six. Yeah. Because you got five conferences. Mm-hmm. And then you always had the, the – um, the option of possibly Notre Dame being in there. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Since what if you had yeah, that Yeah, they're down this year, it. but what if they're yeah. up this year? Exactly. Now well, you, they were undefeated. Now you got chaos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get mm-hmm. four teams out of all of this. Yep. That's why I said the bare minimum should have been six. Yep. The bare minimum. And uh, but I now, like the 12 moving forward. Of course. I do. Of course. I like the six highest-ranked conference champions because there's five power fives, and right. that gives the other schools an opportunity. I like that. Right. I think it, it makes it more even, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to help with the parity around college football mm-hmm. and make college football as a whole a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest thing. I want to see college football as a whole better. I could give a damn about one conference or one team. I want to see good football on every game. Right. 
So, but yeah, ooh wee, Taz, that was a lot to cover this week, huh? It's a good one, homie. Man, I'm trying to tell you, week seven was something else, and right. week eight looks pretty interesting too. We got five more rank versus rank matches, which right. we'll see. get into on our preview show that we'll do next. But so yeah, man, I mean it. Ooh, let's see who's standing, who falls. Man, you ain't lying. The more. The more it keeps going, the more interesting it gets. It just sucks because it's getting so good right now. But you know once it starts getting good, that's when it gets close to ending. It's okay, man. Well, all right, everybody. I think that'll wrap up our Week 7 preview show. Taz, you got anything for the people? No, I think we touched on everything, man. Um, Just, um, hey, just continue to look forward to all this chaos out there. And hopefully, you know, your teams are out there doing well. And if they're not, give your... Seems a little time. There's some rebuild. There's some new coaches in place. So um, just uh, just just roll with the rest of the season. See what happens. Oh yeah, like I said, I mean it's it's been interesting so far. And don't overlook those weekday games. The weekday games turn out to be pretty damn good games. All right, All right everybody. Well, that's gonna wrap up our week seven recap show. And we will see y'all in the next one. Have a great Sunday. Peace. Peace.